Welcome back to the Oki Sports Roundup. Uh, we are here today to talk about Bedlam. We obviously did an emergency pod to talk about the OU coaching hire, which we're not going to focus on that today. We're going to focus on uh, a crazy Bedlam game um, and what that means for both programs um, as far as going forward. So I'm here full house. We have Tim Spurl and John Rowland. It's good to be here with everyone. Tim, John, great to be on with you. Uh, always a pleasure, Michael, to be with you. Um, Tim, it's good to have you back. Don't know where you've been, um, but yeah, I'm excited to get into Bedlam. I'm I'm a busy guy. I had a uh, little T's to cross, I's to dot, things like that. But uh, I I'm here, and that's all that matters. Well, we'll start with uh, just some general questions, Tim. I want to start with you. Um, Tell me some things. Obviously, the final score, 37-33, Oklahoma State winning. What are some things you saw from Oklahoma that you thought went well, and what are some things you thought that didn't go well? Uh, Well, I mean, obviously, they tackled a lot better. Um, The defense, I mean, for the most part, when they needed them to step up, they did. I mean, they started off in a hole. And Oklahoma State moved the ball pretty much at will in the first half. Um, And then it seemed like Oklahoma at least got their feet under them uh, in the second half. And after that, that interception at the end of the first half, it seemed like they played a lot better. And I mean, even though they lost the game, their defense at least kept them in it and gave them a puncher shot at the end. So that's something that, I don't know. You probably wouldn't have anticipated going into this game the way it started is that the defense would have given Oklahoma their best shot to win the game. I mean, obviously there were a lot of things wrong in the game. Um, I mean, Oklahoma stopped moving the football. They committed a horrendous amount of penalties. I mean, it seemed like they were behind the sticks throughout the second half and you're not going to win a lot of games when you're constantly behind the sticks. And I felt like that was basically the story of the second half for Oklahoma. I mean, yeah, they came up with the, with the, whatever the fumble on the punt return, they came up with some turnovers, but offensively they didn't really move the ball and it's because they didn't do themselves any favors. I mean, it was the constant false starts. It was the, holding calls. It was different things like that, Michael. And and they struggled, obviously, to protect Caleb Williams. And, I mean, they just couldn't get open. And that's why they were just behind the sticks throughout the game. So, yeah, the defense played well. I mean, the offense struggled. But I'm not sure any of it matters going forward now because, <laughs> I mean, this, this roster is not going to exist next year. Yeah, absolutely. And now, I mean, I you know, definitely agree with you, Tim. I was a little bit surprised with um, – I thought the defense actually played one of their better games. Um, I know they gave up a lot of points still, but I thought they did okay comparatively. John, tell me, uh, you know, we've known that this Oklahoma State defense has been elite all year. Um, and in the first quarter, I'm going to be honest, I was very shocked that we were in kind of a bit of a shootout. This was very typical of 2010 Bethlehem, 2000. 12 Bedlam. What were your thoughts in the first half, John? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I want to give Tim props. Uh, back in August, he came onto this podcast and said, quote, I think this is the year that Oklahoma State wins Bedlam. So, Tim, I want to give you credit where credit is due. You called your shot, uh, and it actually happened. So, 
Well done there. Um, Michael, I, uh, I think the biggest difference was, uh, was really Caleb Williams um, in the first and second half. In the first half, he was incredible uh, at moving in the pocket and avoiding the rush. Oklahoma State was bringing pressure on just about every single down. And, and I thought he did a tremendous job uh, in the first half of, of either slipping out of tackles or stepping up into the pocket and making throws. Um, and then really in the second half, Oklahoma State got after him. Um, and then only until the last drive did, did Lincoln kind of change the, the play script a little bit um, and revert to the, the quick throws that we had talked about uh, what, that OU would need to do coming into this game. So I thought Caleb Williams was, was the biggest difference uh, between the first and second halves. Obviously, it was a crazy game. I mean, we had two muffed punts that were returned for touchdowns by both teams. We had a kickoff return for a touchdown. We had a roughing the punter which was questionable. We had a pass interference call that wasn't called. We had a late hit that was picked up. I mean, this was, this game had it all. Um, and it was both, both ways. Uh, you can argue it however you want, but you know, I, I think the biggest thing too, I would say is Oklahoma state's defense stepped up when it mattered and shut OU out um, the entire second half. And so I think, you know, they've got a, a great matchup next week against Baylor, but this was a huge statement win for Oklahoma State. And, you know, as much as I, I don't like um, how Lincoln Riley left, you also kind of got to like that Oklahoma State is now maybe the best program in the state for the next several years. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that certainly it, it was Bedlam, right? I, I mean, in the truest sense of the form, this was Bedlam. There was crazy swing plays, massive momentum shifts, both sides. There was a time when you felt Oklahoma State was going to choke it away. And then there was a time where you were like, oh, my God, Oklahoma's going to choke it away. Um, and, and so it was a, a tale of separate quarters for sure, separate halves um, for without a question. Now, John, you know, notably – Seems like Jim Knowles played a lot more zone defense in the second half as opposed to man-to-man, uh, -man, which he played a lot in the first. How much of a change do you think that made in, in Caleb Williams? Because personally, I think Caleb has struggled the most with the zone as opposed to man-to-man. -to -man. But what thoughts do you have on that? Yeah, I mean, he was dropping eight guys in the coverage uh, in the second half and only rushing three. And I think what was pretty incredible is Oklahoma State was still getting pressure um, on Caleb Williams, which is pretty remarkable in that sense. And, and I do think that that was a huge change from what we're used to seeing um, in Oklahoma State's defense, which has always been um, in-your-face pressure, stacking the box and playing man coverage on the outside. So I thought it was a, a much-needed change because it clearly uh, the strategy was not working in the first half, um, but it, it clearly did in the second as they, like I said, they shut out. OU, which is something that not many teams have done at all this year. Yeah. John, I, I asked him what are some good things that he thought o OU did. Now I'm going to ask you the same question. What are some good things that you thought OSU did? Well, I, I think Oklahoma State did a, a good job of, of utilizing Spencer Sanders' uh, ability to run. Uh, I think he carried the ball 16 times in this game. Um, and, and that's something that we haven't really seen Casey Dunn use that much this season. Uh, obviously, he had the option play that um, I don't remember if it put Oklahoma State ahead at the end, but 
Right? Yeah, it, it did. It was a huge play it went for like 50 yards. Um, and, and so I thought that the way Casey Dunn utilized um, Spencer Sanders' ability was was pretty phenomenal. And then Tay Martin, like we've talked about, has been great all year. Um, had two touchdowns in the first half. Um, so I, I think offensively we've seen this team come a long ways from when they started, uh, when they struggled to even pick up you know, first downs here and there against the Boise State of the world. Um, and, and that's why I think Oklahoma State fans have to have confidence going into this Big 12 championship game is this isn't the same team that started the season. Uh, they're much more, um, how do I say that? They're much more of a complete team now than they were. Yeah, I mean, I think all of us kind of thought that this team would have a few losses at the end of the year. I think we all kind of thought they'd be, you know, eight and four or nine and three, something of that nature. Um, and so it, it is definitely, I think they are the most improved team. Certainly a different team that played, you know, Moorhead State and Tulsa. Um, and, and so they, they have matured greatly, and uh, which is why they're set up in the Big 12 title game right now. Um, Tim, what did you think about the use of Austin Stogner? I, I mean, we haven't really seen him make many impact plays all year, uh, but it seems like Lincoln and, and Caleb were targeting him often. Do you think that was intentional that we hadn't used him all year? Or do you think that there was just a certain matchup that, uh, oh, you thought they could expose? I mean, I'm surprised that he wasn't a bigger part of the offense because, I mean, Lincoln Riley has always used the tight end really well. Um, but I think it was obviously a matchup thing. This was probably the best secondary they played. And, I mean, you saw it. Every time Caleb Williams dropped back, it seemed like on most plays at least he had a pocket but he didn't have anywhere to throw the football. And so a lot of the sacks that Oklahoma State had, granted, I mean, they get after it, but a lot of them were coverage sacks. And so that's probably something that they knew going into it. So they were going to have to use the tight end on a mismatch safety or mismatch linebacker. But, I mean, even then, he made a couple of plays, but it seemed like they got away from him in the second half. So I think that was much more just the game plan and having to utilize him as opposed to just wanting to get him involved because I mean, obviously this is a team that in years past would use the tight end at will, but again, he hasn't been a huge impact player this year in the passing game. So yeah, I think it was just more a matchup out of necessity more than anything else. Yeah. You know, I mean, Something that's interesting is all three of Caleb Williams' touchdown passes were to uh, you know relatively unused uh, receivers. So Braden Willis, um, Darby, and Stogner. Um, those are guys whose names we haven't heard called on a lot, uh, but obviously had some big plays there. Um, you know, as opposed to the uh, Hazelwoods and um, Mims. You know, you didn't really hear Mims' name called a whole bunch either. Um, Mario Williams certainly had some catches, uh, you know, some of the more in-between throws and the shorter distance throws with the under pressure. Uh, you know, something I got to say is Caleb Williams, I think, left it all out there on the field, um, which I think was something that I saw good from Oklahoma. He, I mean, he he busted his butt um, and did some pretty Im improbable things um, that, you know, I didn't think. But interesting stat for you both. Caleb Williams was pressured 26 times, which is the most in a single college game since they've started tallying that stat. Um, so, I mean, he was running all night, 
uh, for his life. And certainly that, that was the case um, on Saturday and definitely had an impact. When I look at OSU, I thought they ran the ball really, really well. And I thought the defense was good. The defensive line had an incredible effort. Um, you know, they're there to, to finish out the game. Um, for Oklahoma, I, I mean, I actually thought it was probably the best or the most competitive game they've played. Uh, this was the best team they've played all year by far. And the fact that I had, you all know this, I had zero confidence this was going to be a game, and I picked them to lose by 20 to 30 points. Uh, I said that last week. And so I was very surprised that they even had an opportunity. Um, I actually thought it was the most aggressive first half that Lincoln Riley has called um, all year. Um, And I thought the defense was um, obviously gave up some plays, but kind of hung in there uh, as much as they could. Um, John, you know, I want your assessment of Oklahoma State's special teams, and then we'll move on to the Big 12 title game. Obviously, the special teams had a great uh, moment with a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown with Brennan Presley, but then had a bad moment with Brennan Presley fumbling, which was recovered for an Oklahoma touchdown. Give me some of your thoughts on how they did overall in the special teams, and, and do you expect – um, you know, more big plays from Brennan Presley in the future. Yeah, I mean, the, the kid's a stud, and that's something that I think we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. I'm I'm really excited to see his brother uh, join the, the ranks here next year as well. Uh, both kids from Bixby, Oklahoma. Um, but, no, I mean, I th- I heard uh, Kirk Herbstreit call it out because, oh, you had a fumble the exact same – side of the field the exact same basically end zone yes um, and and he said he wondered if maybe there was something up with the angle or the lights or you know how they're looking um at the ball coming in that that might have impacted it because it's so weird that you would have almost identical fumbles um from, from either team uh so you know i don't put too much weight into that i mean he kind of got off center. He was fading away, trying to make a catch over his shoulder almost. So probably not the best play to be doing when you're inside your own 10-yard line. Um, but I do think in terms of uh, kick coverage, I thought Oklahoma State was exceptional. I don't think OU had a big return um, on kickoffs at all. And, and I think that no. helped a lot in terms of field position. Yeah. And in fact, I, I was very frustrated that OU kept trying to return the kickoffs because I was like, you're, you're ending up. 10 yards behind where you would. Right, right. Yeah, it was 15, 20-yard line almost every time. Um, so, obviously, you know, that that was a a big factor. I mean, it was, to me, I find it interesting that they're even trying to field punts in the five-yard line. Um, yeah. I think that that's a very high risk, very low reward. I mean, if you start at the five versus starting at the one, there's not a whole lot difference there if you think about mm-hmm. in terms of, I mean, the safety risk is there. I'll give you that. But it doesn't seem like there's a lot difference in how it changes your drive management. Um, and so both Presley and, and Eric Gray, you know, went to field punts within at the around the five or six yard line. And, and that was a bit curious to me. Um, I, I think you just let it go. And um you know, it's interesting. Eric Gray has not been our primary punt returner. Drake Stoops or Marvin Mims have been. Um, and, and in the last two weeks, they put Gray back there. And in both weeks, he's he's muffed the punt. 
Um, last week he managed, or the week before he managed to recover. recover where, it, uh, where was Stoops in this game? I don't even remember. He didn't play. He didn't. He didn't play at all. Um, he was out last week, and he was out this week. He he did not play. Uh, okay. okay. So, um, I, and I don't know how much that played into it. Obviously, as a Sooner fan, um, we lost Shane Beamer, who was our special teams coach over the past three years over the offseason, and he's doing pretty well at South Carolina. Um, and they never hired someone to fill that role. So I, I, a lot of Sooner fans, I think, are a little bit frustrated because I felt or they felt that, hey, there wasn't as much attention to the special teams this year as there could have been. I thought Kennedy Brooks ran the ball okay. I mean, this was a really good defense, and I thought – you know him hitting 100 yards is is pretty pretty impressive. I mean, this is a high caliber defense, and so yeah. I mean, certainly an interesting game. Perhaps the last game in Stillwater for Bedlam in a long time. Uh, we don't know when that's going to return. Um, and I've got a I've got a question for Tim here, Michael. If you don't yeah. mind, go ahead, uh, Tim. All season long, I've been asking if you uh, you want to go back on your prediction of an undefeated season for OU and a national title. I'm just curious if you want to go back on that now or if you still want to hold to that. No, I'm riding it out. Um, so, obviously, with the uh, with the end of, of that game, Oklahoma State's punching their ticket into the Big 12 title. They had that before, but they're going in at um, – 11 and one and they're going to play a 10 and two Baylor team. A few questions for you, Tim, where do you think Oklahoma state's going to be in the college football playoff rankings tonight? Oh, is that tonight? Um, I guess it is Tuesday. Uh, Well, because what were they in the AP? They were five in the AP, right? Yeah, they were five in the AP. I mean, I I don't see the justification in them not being a top four team, but I mean, unfortunately, knowing the uh, college football playoff committee, uh, I, I'm not going to be surprised that they're like sixth still. I mean, they they still want to put Alabama in the top four, so I'm sure the play the committee will punish them by maybe dropping them to four and Cincinnati. They, I don't know, for some reason they suddenly like Cincinnati. They didn't, I don't know, a month and a half ago, but now they suddenly like Cincinnati. So they're not going to jump Cincinnati. Uh, They're not going to jump Michigan. And I doubt they want to drop Ohio state too much. I mean, they'll have to jump Ohio state, but I don't think they'll crack the top four. And it again, doesn't make sense, but, I'm not sure that it necessarily matters either, because assuming Georgia beats Alabama next week, then all Oklahoma State's got to do is win. Because, again, I don't know how in that case you would justify not putting Oklahoma State in if that was the case. But, yeah, they're not going to be top four yet. Um, I don't know, maybe five, probably six. John, what what are your predictions for the uh, college football playoff rankings this evening? No, I think Tim's right. I, I don't know if they'll crack the top four yet, but I do think it's going to be interesting to see uh, what the committee does with Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. Now, having lost their head coach, um, you got to think that they're not considered a top four team. So does Oklahoma State maybe jump them 
um, get into the top five with, you know, a shot at, at maybe getting into the top four with another win against a top 10 team. I think that's completely possible. And, and I think then Oklahoma state would definitely have a case against Cincinnati. Um, you know, something I think we'll get into later too, is, uh, the ramifications of, of Alabama beating Georgia. Um, and also how likely is it that, that Houston could maybe upset Cincinnati, um, in the American conference championship game as well. So a lot, lot to still be decided. Obviously, Oklahoma State still has to take care of business against Baylor. But, um, no, I, I, I'm with Tim on this one. I think I think five is going to be the highest that we see them tonight. Yeah, I, I think Oklahoma State will be ranked five. You know what's going to be interesting is what happens to Ohio State. Because the committee loved Ohio State and always kind of have. I mean, we know that they chose them over Baylor or TCU in 2014. Um, even though there was a lot of questions at that time around the stability of the team. Obviously, they went on to win, didn't end up mattering. But um, I, I think Oklahoma State is in if they win. And, and I think that that's doesn't matter what anyone else does, barring an Alabama win. So if we think Alabama's going to lose, I think Oklahoma State, all they have to do is win. Uh, and I think Cincinnati will be in too. But, but I think Ohio State is the the question mark there. If they put Ohio State in, you know, somehow stupidly at five tonight, um, which I don't think they will, but they they have a thing with them. Uh, so so personally, I think Oklahoma State will jump Notre Dame and be five, uh, just looking out, but Alabama will be four. And if they take an L, Oklahoma State will take that spot. Then OSU wins, of course. Um, I think what will be key is, though, you know, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, I think you're cheering hard for Georgia this week. Uh, you want to loss Alabama, and you want it to be a resounding to loss Alabama. You don't want it to be they lost by three or they lost by four. You want it to be like, no, 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 this team is definitively not as good as Georgia, and they're, they're points behind them. So that, that then I think is the only thing that knocks them out successfully. Um, and, and then I think that you'll be fine with Cincinnati even winning. Um, but certainly, could they lose? Absolutely. you got to play the game. But I think that Oklahoma State has a nice shot if they win against Baylor. Bringing that into the game against Baylor. So, John, obviously Oklahoma State played Baylor earlier in the year. I think this was a time when no one knew how good Baylor or Oklahoma State were. And um, Oklahoma State won at home. Oklahoma State, I think, opens as – is it now a six-and-a-half line, or is it still five-and-a-half? Do you know? Uh, the, last, the last I saw was five-and-a-half. I don't know if it's – So let's say five-and-a-half. Let's say five and a half. So Oklahoma State's a five-and-a-half point favorite. Um, and so, John, give me, give me some of your thoughts on what needs to happen for OSU to win this ballgame. Well – you know, when I look at Baylor, I, I see a fairly similar-looking team um, to Oklahoma State. They've got a great defense, top 25 defense. Um, they've got a, a fairly athletic and mobile quarterback, assuming Bohannon plays. Um, so I, I think it will be a, a pretty close uh, game. I, I, I think I would probably take Oklahoma State to win, but Baylor um, with the points if, if, I'm, if I'm making a bet. Really? So, so you're going to take Baylor with the spread, but OSU to yep. win? Yeah, right. I, I think Oklahoma State wins by three. 
That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Tim, what are your thoughts on this Big 12 title game? Who wins and, and who are you taking in the in the spread? Uh, well, Oklahoma State better cover the spread because my bet's already been sent, Michael. Um, I think Oklahoma State's playing for way too much at this point. I mean, Baylor's yeah. playing for a lot too, but if you're Oklahoma State, this is the best you've played all year. I mean, I don't know how that doesn't translate into you trying to throttle Baylor and doing everything in your power to step on their throat and ensure that you get to the college football playoff. I mean, you have too much on the line. This is the biggest game, you could argue, of Mike Gundy's career to this point because of what's on the line. I mean, yeah. sure. I mean, he's coached whatever. New Year's Six Bowls before, but this is a chance to get to the college football playoff and a chance to chase a national championship, which is something that he's been on the doorstep of but never accomplished. So, I don't know. Like I said, I think Oklahoma State's playing their best football of the year right now. You'd be hard-pressed to find a weakness on this team. They can run the ball very well. Spencer Sanders, I think, is making better decisions as the year's gone on, and we saw it against Oklahoma. I mean, this is a defense that's going to keep them into the game to where they don't necessarily have to rely on Spencer Sanders to air it out. Yeah. 80% of a drive. So I don't know. I think it's all out in front of Oklahoma state. And I think if you're not taking Oklahoma state to cover the spread, you are a big dummy and you hate free money. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I'm taking Oklahoma state to cover the spread. You know, mentioning that, the only weakness I would say is Spencer Sanders' uh, deep throwing ability, which I think that's not his strength. I think he runs the ball and has a good intermediate to short passing range. Um, and I think that's where he was really strong in Bedlam, and I think he struggled with some of the deeper throws. But, yeah, I mean, I I'm taking Oklahoma State against the spread and to win this game, uh, which will place them at 12-1 and one and in at least a good position for the college football playoff um, as a Power 5 conference champion. Um, certainly I, I think it helps Oklahoma state that Notre Dame is now without a head coach. And so I think that certainly will at least put some question marks, even though Notre Dame has the brand. Um, I think that will at least leave some question mark when they're, when they're releasing their, um, votes for that final college football playoff poll. Um, uh, obviously OSU has to win the game. Um, it's, it's down here in Arlington at Jerry world. Um, I think they will. Tim thinks they will. John thinks they will. Um, we just think by a little bit of varying points. John, are you going to the game? No, we are not going to the game. Uh, unfortunately, have a, a work event Friday night, so it would mean I would have to get up with the wife at like 5 a.m. and drive down. So not going to be there, but we'll be watching from afar. Absolutely. Um, now, John, how long has Gundy been at OSU now? This is... Or, I mean, he's been there forever, but how long is the head coach? Is this his yeah, I think it, seven, I think it's, 17th year? I was going to say 14. 14. Uh, that's, that number sticks out to you. But maybe, yeah, maybe 2007. He's going to look. Well, no, uh, he took over after. He had to have taken over after. Uh, 2005 is when he took over. Yeah, I was about to say he had to take over after Les Miles. So 16th year, 17th Yes, year. yes. Chance for a second uh, Big 12 conference title. This is OSU's first title game. John, I imagine OSU is going to travel well to this game. Yeah, they've already sold out their allotment um, for tickets. So I, I think 
Oklahoma State is going to be well represented. I don't know how Baylor will travel for this, which will be something to watch. But tickets really aren't that expensive. They're like 60 bucks for, yeah. for a ticket. So definitely very reasonable. And are you going? No, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm going to watch at home, but no, I'm not going. Okay. You know, tempting, though, if I find a last-minute ticket. Yeah. Tim, tempting. are you going? Yeah, I'm going. I'll be there. Uh, I figured. Yeah, well, I I booked my flight the night after the game, so. Ah, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like I got I got to be there for this. <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean certainly OSU uh, played well in Bedlam. They they won the game, obviously. Um, Tim, I, I got to ask you something. Ask me anything you want, Michael. Uh, do you think Lincoln Riley all year? has been distracted? No. I mean, obviously at the start of the season, USC had a head coach. Right. Um, and and I, I don't think that they've been talking for weeks like people want to believe. I also don't think that their first contact was Sunday. Like no, that's ridiculous. I think, that's ridiculous. I think that was, that was kind of a, let me save face so I don't look like a giant douche. Um, but no, I mean, I think something was going on in the Baylor game because they looked they looked Awful. really simple on offense. It was really head scratching. Yep. Um, but I mean, yeah, you could say that the offense has struggled all year. But no, I wouldn't say that he was distracted all year. I mean, this is a guy that I don't know. I think was trying to get to the national championship. I mean, obviously, he has a really good team and. He had a lot of talent on the roster, but no, I don't think anything really started to pick up steam until probably the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Maybe even it was after the Baylor game, honestly. But yeah, I I think that things were being put into motion for at least the last couple of weeks. And I'm sure there were talks with LSU, but it's it's not a coincidence that USC all of a sudden got radio silent for multiple weeks, is it? Yeah. No, no, it can't be. I mean, I mean, I think that certainly the Baylor week, you know, he missed a couple of media days and um, I kind of had an altered practice week, the week of the game and certainly a very vanilla game plan um, as as three married men. Could you imagine convincing our wives in four hours to move halfway across the country in the middle yes. of the night? Easily, Michael, if I w- if I woke her up and I was like, hey. We're going to be millionaires. Not only are we going to be millionaires, but I'm going to sign a $100 million deal for, I don't know, the next 10 years. She'd be like, okay. And she'd go back to bed, you think? Knowing her, she'd, I don't know, she'd probably get up, drop a deuce, and then come back to bed. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be an easy discussion to have, Michael. Plus, I don't know. I mean, doesn't Lincoln Riley seem like a guy that wants to be in Los Angeles? He does. He honestly, I think, yeah. fits there. I mean, I know he's from Muleshoe, and people are saying that he's a small-town guy. I mean, I, I, think, I think young, flashy, I think that kind of fits him, honestly. John, what do you think, with, what do you think if, about Casey? She, you told her, hey, we're moving halfway across the country for a very good amount of money. Hundred million not, dollars. Call it what not it is. All that million different. dollars. Yeah, how, yeah how not all that different than what you're making now. 
she would tell me that I can use that private jet to fly home anytime I want. Wow. She would not move. She wouldn't yeah. go for the bright lights of L.A.? No. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I have a hard time believing that you can just pack up and, and, and move to Michael's point in basically the span of a day and a half. Like, yeah. I, I think this definitely was in the works far longer than what we know. And and I think I think there is a reason that Lincoln Riley has only recruited the state of California for the last three or four months. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think this was at least three or four weeks in the works just because of that that aspect of we're, we're uplifting our lives. Not saying that USC is not a good job. It's a great job. Uh, but you give me a hundred million dollars and I'll live. I'll live in Stillwater, Michael. I don't care. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Did you get that? You see what I did there? <laughs> wow. That uh, very kind. John, you think Jim Knowles gets gets the Broyles award? I mean, he's got to. He's he has to, I right? I I don't I don't know who else he could give it to. I just hope that he stays in Oklahoma State uh, for a few more years, but that's still TBD, I guess. You think you think Gundy's giving him a raise? Oh, Gunny's going to try and make him the highest paid coordinator in the history of Oklahoma State football. Now, whether or not that's enough to keep him from going to Florida or heck, even USC, I don't know. Go be Grinch's daddy like he's been all year. Hey, here's a curveball, Michael. Yeah. What if Oklahoma comes calling? Man. Uh, uh, OSU fans would be understandably irate. It's not going to happen. No, no, no. I think if some of the rumors that I've heard come to fruition, it's going to be the best thing that could happen to Oklahoma football. And I will leave it at that for now. Yeah. Joseph Medina. (laughs) Defensive coordinator, Sean Gamble. (laughs) Thomas Peralt. (laughs) Thomas (laughs) Peralt. Oh man! I bet Tim, would you, would you Tim, if you could be an offensive <laughs> or defensive analyst, which one would you take? Would I take? Yeah, I'd be an offensive analyst, Michael. Fair enough, John. Uh, offensive, but Tim played wide receiver in college, so I mean, it, it makes true. sense that he yeah. would do that. Yeah. Well, I bet you'd be a special teams analyst, Michael. Uh, no, I'd want to do defense. You think? Yeah. Though special teams is, you know, special teams is interesting. Because I feel like, as we saw, it made a huge impact in this Bedlam game, right? Like, it made a difference uh, for both teams. Massive play, both sides. Um, and, and, And I feel like those attention to details, I think, are overlooked. But, you know, Urban Meyer... Um, I dislike him as a person. Um, part of what made him such a great head coach, though, was he really focused on that. And uh, Shane Beamer, or Frank Beamer, of course, uh, focused on that quite a bit and had a lot of success. But, yeah, I mean, I think defense. Hey, would you rather Oklahoma hire Urban Meyer or Les Miles? Oh, Jesus. Well, here's the thing. You'd have to say from a football standpoint, Urban Meyer. Because he's just objectively a better coach. Right. He's kind of a scumbag. 
And by kind of, I mean, he is. Entirely. And I've never really been a fan of how he has conducted his business. Um, and he leaves programs worse than he left them, with the exception of Ohio State. Because, I mean, you know, he leaves all these places and there's like all these things that come out. Uh, which I think what happened at Florida. I mean, I think there's only one reason he left Florida. It could be a few, but um, I think that he was concerned about sanctions coming and issues coming with the program and just said, nope, not for me. Les Miles is also crazy and leaves programs worse than he left them, but isn't as good as a, of a football coach. But, ooh, how about Coach O? Dude, he is, he is batshit crazy. Yeah, but wouldn't that be entertaining, though? I don't, I don't want entertaining. <laughs> I don't know. I'm all about the entertainment. Let uh, the rest figure itself out. Give me a fun press conference. Yeah. Over under on the amount of uh, much younger women Coach O is going to be involved with now that he's retired. Jesus. <laughs> well, I don't know. This podcast is taking a turn. <laughs> The fact that he's retired, I mean, maybe he doesn't carry the notoriety now because, I mean, he walks around uh, down there in Louisiana and everyone knows who his name is. You know? That's so true. Like, oh, shit, Coach O's taking a run. You know, everyone's out there with their phones and stuff. But I don't know when he retires and moves to wherever the hell, because, you know, he's not going to retire to Louisiana. Well, he, you know? he is a, he's a, new, a native Louisiana. Michael, if you're a multimillionaire, are you going to retire in Louisiana? No, I'm not. No, of but, course not. But I'm, Neither but is I'm he. Also not, but I'm also not Coach O. Right. I don't, I don't think he retires. I, I mean, he'll have multiple homes. But the point is, he's not going to have his notoriety, you know. So with it is going to come a lack of women. And more than likely, the women that recognize him, you know, when he's down there in his retirement village in Florida are going to be like middle-aged leathery women that watch football all the time while they smoke through their, their cigarettes or their chain smoke their whatever their 14 pack of cigs. I don't know if they sell them in 14 pack. I've never bought cigarettes, but the point is, you know, I don't think it's the most desirable woman that's going to recognize him when he leaves Louisiana. You get what that's, I'm saying? Yeah. This that John is right. This is taking a very odd turn. <laughs> you you asked it, Michael. I know. No, I did. Question. I asked. I asked. It. You're right. You're right. Uh, John, any question, any other stupid answer? Any other? Um, who's going to be OU's starting quarterback next year? That is an interesting question. Trevor Knight. <laughs> no, it'll be Caleb Williams. He's not going to leave. You think? I I actually based on what I heard today, kind of agree with Tim. I mean, he's the starting quarterback. I don't know. And now, I mean, if it doesn't work next year, then he'll just go to the NFL. Because <laughs> shit, who, who's going to back him up now? Not a five-star. <laughs> so true. you're not going to bench him. So if yeah. it doesn't work out, he knows he can go to the NFL. And he, uh, he today retweeted well, he couldn't go to the NFL after next year because he's he's a true okay. freshman. Right. So, but, but then he you. probably takes the uh, Justin Jefferson, not Justin Jefferson, but uh, who's the receiver for the Bengals? 
The dude that sat out his senior season. Uh, oh, yeah. Jam- yeah. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Yeah, he does Jamar Chase route then. Yeah. Um, I, I, why I think he stays actually is uh, he retweeted Bob Stoops today talking about OUDNA and I'm out on the field recruiting for next year or something of that nature. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I didn't even know that. but uh, I mean, I mean that, that may mean nothing, of course, but you're seeing a lot of players either announce that they're leaving or doing something to say that reaffirm that I'm staying. Right. Uh, obviously, you're going to have a lot more leaving. Um, for the record, everyone's like, oh, my God, can you believe Spencer Rattler's leaving? Yes, absolutely. We knew he was leaving. We, we knew, knew he was, was leaving after yes. the Texas game. Yes, we knew he was leaving October 9th. I mean, right. I was like, this is that, that's a no brainer. Uh, but hey, hey, he had that statement typed out <laughs> in October. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> he, he just couldn't release it yet. No. Exactly. Apparently, John, I don't know if you heard this, but apparently this is rumors, very high rumors. Lincoln Riley texted him to ask him what his thoughts were of joining him at USC, and he replied, LOL, good luck. There's no way of proving that. There, There is no way. I think it's probably speculation, but um, no, I mean, I, I, I've heard that Arizona, where he's from, is he's linked there. I've heard he's been linked to UCLA. You know what, though? I, I would say that Ole Miss is going to need a quarterback, and Lane Kiffin is a hell of an offensive mind. Um, so wouldn't be surprised if he winds up there. Or if Caleb transfers. That's If I was Caleb and I was transferring, I would probably go there because USC still has Jackson Dart. Hey, you ready for your dark horse for Spencer Rattler? Yeah. Right up the road, University of Tulsa. Oof. Rain Kane. Michael, that's you not know, serious. You <laughs> know, Rain, Rain Kane uh, just ruined SMU's season. And, uh, uh, to use bowl eligible. Bowl eligible. Hell yeah. Where do, you think still- T- where do you think TU is tonight on the college football playoff rankings? Probably just, just 28, just outside. You think? You know, they played Oklahoma State close. They played Ohio State close. They played Cincy close. Might as they well did. put them up there. Hey, those are all quality <laughs> losses in my book. Well, you know, I mean, if they were certain teams, those quality losses would really help their their case. Michigan picked up another, or Ohio State picked up another quality loss. They sure did. And that's what I'm worried about is, you know, how much does that quality loss overshadow Oklahoma State's mm-hmm. unimpressive four-point victory? Yeah. Like, if you're going to win, go out and win. Otherwise, go lose to a quality opponent. Yeah, yeah, it's totally crazy. But that'd be totally insane. I agree. <sighs> All right, I don't have anything else except that OSU is in good position right now, and I think they win the Big Twelve. John, closing I mean, thoughts? Uh, yeah, Michael, it's a it's a weird feeling being on this side of things. Felt like we got a little bit of sooner magic in Bedlam. Feel like we've got a a chance to. Go to a place we've never been to before, uh, which is college football playoff. Now, if we do get in, we play Georgia and we lose by 35. But we can at least say we did something that OU's done. So that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah I, I actually have very similar thoughts of uh, we're going to play Georgia. 
and it's going to be a George is very good. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, I I wouldn't jump on that train just yet. Uh, you think they're going to rank OSU three? A bad Cincinnati performance in the American Championship, and if Oklahoma State goes and wins by two touchdowns, tell me that that isn't more deserving of number three than having Cincinnati. I mean, sure. They don't like Cincinnati. That is true. Right. I'm, I'm just saying, like at this point, you're going to outweigh, again, this is all barring that OSU goes and wins in emphatic fashion. They don't win it by five or six points, but probably have to win by two scores. But if you do that and you've just picked up however many top 25 wins here in the last two months, you just beat Oklahoma, You it's going to be back-to-back top 10 wins potentially. I mean – Cincinnati at this point in the season, you would not, you couldn't consider them a better team unless for some reason they go and blow the doors off in the American Championship. But Cincinnati, I think, has looked pretty average the last month and a half. So I wouldn't be locked in that OSU's the four seed, is all I'm saying. Man, wouldn't it be wild? And we would never hear the end of it if Oklahoma State <laughs> won a playoff game before Oklahoma. <laughs> you would not hear the end of it. We would never, ever hear the end of it. But I a thousand percent like our odds better against Michigan than I do against Georgia. Oh, I mean, as does John, not just you, everyone. I mean, everyone who's like, we want Georgia. I'm like, you're li- you're lying to yourself. You do not want Georgia. No one wants Georgia. Uh, also, I got to say, kind of impressive for Michigan. I mean, I did not think that they would win that. Did you? anyone think they'd win that game? I didn't. No. Mm. No. no. Not I, in the uh, way that they did. Michael, I'm, I'm a gambling man, and I really wanted to take OSU eight and a half. I didn't. But every part of me was like, oh, Ohio State's definitely going to cover that. They're going to win by two touchdowns in that game. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no. And then when I found out that it was – snowing there was all this other stuff i was like oh definitely ohio state runs all over michigan michigan needs everything to be perfect to beat ohio state i thought i mean i'm wrong i'm a big idiot but i yeah no i didn't see that coming um but i mean michigan's been really inconsistent all year though so you had no reason to think that ohio state playing their best football was going to go up and lay an egg like that yeah yeah, I mean, it was interesting, but certainly I, I actually kind of felt good for Harbaugh. Apparently, another major coaching thing's about to happen. There's some rumors that Ryan Day is going to leave for the NFL. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that has been rumored, and I've seen that along uh, a lot of different websites. Granted, don't know, but we've had a crazy 72 hours, so I don't put anything beyond it. But we'll go from there. Where do you think – Brian Kelly is local cuisine in Louisiana. What kind of question is that? Do you think that he looks like someone who's like, I'm going to go eat Cajun food or like, nah, not for me. (laughs) You're asking some bizarre questions. I am. We're we're just, we're just (laughs) shooting the shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's kind of a hefty guy. It wouldn't surprise me. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I just see him being a little culturally out of place, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, John, John muted himself. I don't think he wants to weigh in on that. John, my question was, do you think where, – where do you think Brian Kelly is on the local cuisine of Louisiana? Like considering that it's spicy and kind of exotic for where, the rest of them. Where is he actually from? Like where was he born? Tulsa. <laughs> okay. He uh, comes from see. the Joe Medina coaching tree. All the greats do, honestly. Let's be real. Yeah, you're, you're, you're really on that. He is from uh, Everett, Massachusetts. Okay. Well, probably probably not a huge fan of Cajun food, but he definitely probably likes some lobster. So get some of that. Lobster like and crawfish lobster. is basically like the same thing. Crawfish is a smaller lobster. So yeah, kind of. Answer to your question, Michael. Yes, I bet he's a freak for crawfish. There you go. All righty. Well, that that is officially all I have. It was great to chat with you all. Uh, congratulations, to Oklahoma State fans on Bedlam. Uh, Oklahoma fans, we are feeling your pain right now, uh, but persist. We're going to be all right. Uh, that's all I have. I'm signing off. <laughs>